can we delay the start of the show by about five minutes? By ch- I, I'm just still just um, trying to book hotel rooms for Auburn, LSU, and Arkansas for next year, so I may need a few minutes to start the show if that's okay. <laughs> and I know some of you out there, hey, this doesn't indicate OU's going to be in the SEC next year. Okay, well, hey, I've thought um, all along now that OU is going to be in the SEC next year, and yes, maybe. This has nothing to do with OU being in the conference next year. But, hey, I still sit here today thinking that that is eventually going to happen. But, yeah, right in the middle of OU Nebraska week, or Runza week, as we've been calling it on this show, all of a sudden OU and Georgia's not happening, and OU and SMU is happening next year instead. And, look, would I have rather seen OU Georgia in Norman than OU SMU Yes, absolutely, 100%. Are you kidding me? That was going to be a real measuring stick game for this program. But for the people that are upset about this game, Parker, and I know you got a lot of those texts in the previous two hours, it's not like you could have gone out and scheduled anybody that you wanted. Exactly. I mean, the the pickings weren't really there. I mean, at least you got someone to come in week two. Yeah, uh, there were folks on the text line like, go get Ohio State. Yeah, for next year, zero shot. For those that don't understand how far in advance non-conference matchups are planned, go do yourself a little bit of research. Google Oklahoma future non-conference opponents or Clemson future non-conference opponents or Alabama future non-conference opponents. There are games booked in like 2036 and 2037. Oh, yeah, that's what Tyler. we have to do. Uh, look, this Nebraska series was scheduled back in 2012, 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was, this uh, OU Nebraska. We're just now getting to it, and I still remember the day back in 2012 when they announced it was going to happen. So, yeah, you couldn't have just gone out and got some blue blood program. Uh, You found SMU. It's not going to be as awesome as the Georgia game was last year, but what do you do, man? I mean, that's the situation that you were put in. So I hope OU's in the SEC in 2023 because if not, the home schedule is going to be kind of brutal if that's not the case. Yeah, it's a tough – it's a tough – the road trip to Tulsa is going to be fun. I know it's not marquee, but it's always fun when you get to go play in a smaller venue like that, somewhere close to home. Never seen a game there. Really? No. I haven't either, so. Uh, going to be like the UCLA game in 2019 where you have more fans than the home team does. Yeah, that's probably true. No, that's definitely true. Uh, but you got, what, Tulsa, Arkansas State, and SMU now? So yep. home games with – so SMU will be the home opener then. No, and I if, think – um, Arkansas State? I, Arkansas the State is the home opener okay. next year. Okay, yeah. got you. Tracking. Ark State, SMU at home, and then at Tulsa, uh, week one, two, and three. Which means you'll have uh, Tech at home. You'll have West Virginia at home. You'll have Iowa State at home, and you'll have TCU at home next year, along with the Arkansas State SMU game if you're not in the SEC next year. Oh, boy. Come on. Need the SEC next season. Less than compelling, but if they are still in the Big 12, at least you know it's kind of the last tour of duty before you make the transition. Because right now, it looks like the latest this is happening is 2024. Ah, uh, there we go, text line. I knew you come through today from the 918. How does the schedule t- change affect recruiting? That's what we're always <laughs> focused on this hour. Whatever happens, how does it affect recruiting? Well, um, maybe you would have had a massive recruiting weekend, week two against Georgia at home. I'm sure that probably would have been the case. 
Um, not going to be as glamorous with the SMU game. But, hey, I think you go down to play the Ponies in 2027. There's just another appearance in Dallas. I guess That's it could be a, a, thing, a positive man. effect for you there, huh? That's never a bad thing. And, look, like, I, I'll say it. I don't know how popular of a take it'll be. But recruits don't really care who you're playing for the most part when they come on their visits. Is it nice to see two elite teams doing battle? Sure. But guess what? Most of Oklahoma's official visitors this fall are coming for the Kansas game. They don't show up for the opponent. They show up for you. And so I would posit that. Unless you're Colton Vosick, by the way. Unless you're Colton He did, in fact, just show up for the game on Saturday. Fair. Fair. Uh, I would posit that the impact on recruiting as far as what that visit weekend might look like next year will be pretty negligible. I'm not convinced it's going to be significant. Brian in Tulsa says, Georgia just being delayed a couple of weeks if you catch my drift. Hashtag SEC 2023. There we go, Brian. There's some optimism. I like that. Um, But, hey, we've got to get to the real story today. And it's not that, you know, the SEC asked Georgia to, like, hey, let's kind of not do this OU game next year. Tennessee, let's not do this OU series coming up. It's the fact that, I think some uh, people in Nebraska were listening to the show yesterday. They must have been. Apparently, there are a lot of people listening to the show today if you see uh, some things happening on the internet today. Um, but I, you, you left the show yesterday being advised or asked to call the head of the Nebraska High School Association, whatever they call themselves. How did the conversation go? Will you get to see Malachi Coleman, four-star athlete out of Lincoln East, uh, coming up this week? I have successfully infiltrated. We are in. And oh, by the way, like I just want, I just want our locked-in listeners to acknowledge for a moment. We've been talking about Malachi Coleman for months and months and months even when nobody else was, mm. about how Oklahoma was in the mix for this kid mm. a lot more seriously than a lot of folks would have been inclined to believe. Uh-oh. And lo and behold, here we go. Here we go. You're starting to see some expert predictions dropping in favor of Oklahoma for Malachi Coleman. And this, folks, is why you tune in with us from 2 to 3 on weekdays. Yeah. I, we're all over it, all over it every single day when it comes to OU football recruiting. Were they nice to you? The folks in Nebraska yesterday, they were, they were or did cordial they have a, enough, or did they still have a little bit of a tone like, "I don't want this kid being here." On I did get Friday. the like, I did get the sideways comment or the underhanded comment, like, "Starting to hear hear a lot more from Oklahoma people as of late." Oh, huh? Like, yeah. Well, guess what? I'm from this state. Yeah, and we made a comment yesterday on the show about gatekeeping and that situation that exists there. And Parker got like an email back that says, I'll have my gatekeepers let you in. So I want to believe, I want to believe that that was directly linked to them hearing that on the show yesterday. Yeah. By the way, we're, at, we're getting questions on the text line about it. If you're expecting me to put in a crystal ball for Malachi Coleman to OU, I'm sure I've said it on the show before. I know I've said it to my OU Insider VIP subscribers at OUinsider.com, but – you're probably not going to see one from me because of how close I am to the situation. And that's look, that's part of the reason why we've been talking about it for as long as we have is because as a Nebraskan, I had insight on this recruitment in the very early stages that led me to believe at that time that Oklahoma would end up being a lot more serious of a consideration and a contender than most anyone else figured at that point in time. Here we are, man. 
and we're just a little bit more than a month out from decision day for Malachi Coleman. And OU's looking pretty dang good. I uh, So you won't, I will. I will put in my own uh, locked-in crystal ball. I need to start my own locked-in crystal balls <laughs> and see what my percentage can be. You know? I, I, I'm going to start my official, my first locked-in crystal ball. I am locking in Malachi Coleman at a 9 on the 10 scale to OU. Hello! Super uber aggressive is what I'm doing. Report it. Do whatever you want with it. There's my crystal ball that's dropped. And I'm guessing... It's trending towards he's going to be at this OU Nebraska game this weekend. Is that the is that the recent scuttlebutt, or is he going to find himself out in LA? I don't. I, so he's not going to LA. He's not going to LA. If he ain't going to LA, I think he's going to be at Memorial. I, Stadium. I would figure he will be at Memorial Stadium, and I have not confirmed that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But how often do you get to watch the two top teams in your recruitment play in your backyard? And I'm telling you, I think Nebraska. Probably promised him the second quarter to call plays and the opportunity to name the head coach, uh, the next head coach for the Huskers. That's how bad. Hey, and OU wants him, but Nebraska's like banking their entire 2023 class on Malachi Coleman. Parker, if they don't get Malachi Coleman in this class, Nebraska might finish outside the top 40. Could OU still finish in the top five without Malachi Coleman? Yes, absolutely, but make no mistake about it, OU still really wants him as well. Yeah. But this is like a dire situation for the Huskers. They've like got to have this kid. Yeah, Shannon Newcastle points out on the text line, well, you just jinxed that yeah. recruitment, Tyler. Yeah, yeah please, don't, uh, don't write that down, anyone. But yeah, Nebraska, at this point, man, anytime you fire a coach, right, there's going to be some fallout as far as recruiting. And the kids, especially the in-state kids that Nebraska already has committed, they are not going to go anywhere. In-state kids that commit to Nebraska do not decommit because more often than not, almost unanimously across the board, those are kids that have only ever had one dream, and that's to play football at the University of Nebraska. You get so many of those. So Nebraska is going to be relatively immune, comparative to other programs, from the natural fallout that comes as a consequence of firing a coach. But you worry about what type of recruiting momentum you're going to be able to accrue down the stretch if you're if you're rolling with an interim head coach and nobody has much of an idea as to who the permanent guy, the permanent solution is going to be. So oh, Nebraska has 14 commits right now. I forget where they're ranked. I thought I thought they were number 40 the last time I checked. Okay, yeah, it's it's it not probably it's not a very highly changed. ranked class. But they have something like 14 commits. They'll probably hang on to most, if not all, of those 14. But how many others are realistically going to commit to Nebraska amidst all of this turmoil if they don't know who the next head coach is going to be? And that rings as true for Malachi Coleman as anybody. Because as I mentioned on Monday, the concern for Malachi and his camp at this point is what happens with Mickey Joseph. And I'm not sure there's a right answer for Nebraska right now because – Here's the thing. Instantaneously, when Joseph was named the interim, head, the interim head coach, my first thought is, okay, like that'll be great. That's Malachi's guy. That bodes well for Nebraska's chances of keeping him engaged. But the worry is, if Mickey Joseph is not the permanent head coach, does he remain on staff? Because there's no guarantee. Nope, no guarantee. There's no guarantee, right? We saw, we saw this last year with Calvin Thibodeau, who played for Brett Venables. 
and Jamar Kane, who was arguably the ace recruiter of that staff. Now, he has a great resume. He does, and he'll definitely be considered for that wide receiver coaching job for whoever gets hired. But you're right, man. Who, who knows what kind of head coach they hire? Who knows what scheme that they want to run? Mickey Joseph may not be there. And if you listen to some people in Lincoln, they think their best chance with Malachi Coleman is if Mickey Joseph goes on a run and he ends up being hired as the full-time head coach. I believe right now, today, and going into this weekend – there's probably just a little glimmer of hope with the Nebraska fan base. There's some excitement there that maybe hasn't been there since uh, right before the Northwestern game when they got beat in Dublin that, all right, it's a new chance. We're rid of Scott Frost. We hated that guy. Here's our chance to at least salvage this season. But if you don't take advantage of it on Saturday, Parker, then all that excitement that you may have today I think has gone out the window. So maybe Nebraska still feels like they have a fighting chance here with Malachi Coleman. But if OU goes up there and they win by a couple of scores, boom, all that excitement that may be there now is gone and then – Boy, it really, really might start trending towards Malik or towards OU even more in this recruitment. Back to the text line. Gonna have to put my headphones in. I'm listening at work in Nebraska, and coworkers are threatening to throw office supplies at the sound of your voices. Hashtag Truth Hurts. Mm. Well, I, I hope they can throw more uh, completions than Casey Thompson can. It's so weird to me, and I've mentioned this before, but everybody up in Nebraska has thought for so long that Malachi Coleman was going to be a Husker. Except the folks that actually knew the inner workings of Malachi Coleman's recruitment. Those people have been acknowledging for months, look, this is no sure thing. Far from it, as a matter of fact. Mm, yeah, and um, look, I, I think there were a lot of people that thought that this was going to be Scott Frost last year in Nebraska. Nobody predicted, and I mean nobody predicted, it was going to come to an end after three games. Especially, worst case scenario has happened for the Huskers this year. This really was worst case It was scenario. worst case. And I don't because, even know if that was realistic. If I would have told you before the year... Scott Frost will be fired as the three games. You and the entire text line would have laughed me out of the building. See, I don't know if I actually would have because I remember talking about this that or that game this past weekend against Georgia Southern in like April or May and being like, listen, I've seen Nebraska lose games like that before. It wouldn't totally shock me. You know what's funny so, is we all made fun of Stuart Mandel's rankings in his final predictions a few weeks ago. The one game that he predicted Nebraska to lose in the non-conference is the one game that they've actually won up to this point, which is fantastic. Ooh, Stu. Stu, still not a good look. It has not aged well for you, buddy. Tough loss. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More Cruton, more OU football on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Once again today, they're listening all over the country. They're listening in Fort Smith, Arkansas, Pontiac, Illinois, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Brooklyn, New York, Bovard, Pennsylvania. We know that they're listening at the Nebraska School Activities Association, just like they were yesterday. Hello. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys up there, okay? And your small town, Oklahoma, uh, uh, town of the day. Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. You count Paul's Valley? Think I will accept that it. one. All right. Thank I will you. Accept it. To Shout everyone. out to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Uh, there you go. Thank you to everyone listening via the KREF app. And by the way, if you want to listen to any of our post game OU coverage this year, maybe if you uh, some of you have noticed we're pregame on 94.7. Post game, we are not. Easiest way to get around that, just download our free app in the App Store, KREF. You can listen to us. 
two hours immediately following the game, and we'll have another post game on Saturday, as we always do. Friday, we're going to be at the Session Room, the Session Room in Omaha, a couple blocks away from Charles Schwab Field. Parker, you're going to get things kicked off at uh, noon on Friday, I believe, correct? That is correct. Uh, so I will be on with Mike Steely, assuming he has recovered from the sniffles by then. So. Someone asked uh, earlier, what hole do you think Mike uh, Mike is on this afternoon? Saying that he faked <laughs> sick and he's out golfing. Uh, but then you'll have myself and Tyler on Locked In from 2 to 3, as always. And then Tyler and Travis on The Rush. From three to six. Also, for those listening, please don't DM me tweets from the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife that featured trail cam videos of eight foot alligators and their twenty two hatchlings. I just don't need to see any. Of I this. do. Hey, I want to see that link. Me, please. Oh, I'd love to okay, see that. Fine, I'll send yeah, it to you. please. I, everyone, I, I, I just don't great. like being reminded that there are alligators in the state in which I live. Oh, I think it's amazing. I want to see all of those. Please. Um, it's been quiet for a while. In terms of commitments, and we remember a couple of summer months where it was like, bam, bam what did they have, uh, 10 commits in the month of July? 10, 11 commits? It's been so long ago now, I, I forget. But the next month, man, I feel like we have a pretty good idea of where OU stands for a lot of the top targets left. Or are we going to know the final answer in a month's time, Parker, for guys like uh, DJ Hicks, five-star defensive lineman? And someone like Peyton Bowen, who's a five-star defensive back. I don't think either one make it out of the month of October. So, so the answer yes. is yes. We will know everything. And hopefully to Celia Kana as well, four-star edge out of the state of Utah. That one is the one I can see lasting longer than any of the rest. I can see that one dragging into November and perhaps December. So if there's one that I think takes a while, it's probably to Celia Kana. But all the rest should be decided here within the next six, eight weeks max. So, yeah, I, and I think that um, with the first two that we mentioned, DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen, it sounds like OU fans might get good news in a month. I think that there's a chance that when the month of October ends, you could be sitting there as the number two overall class. And I'm I, I, like, what is Texas? I, I know Texas had a big recruiting weekend, and they've got the Tassili Akana decision. Do they have any big imminent decisions coming up for for their class of 23 I don't I don't know offhand Akana's kind of one of the guys that they're holding out for uh, they they're, had the five-star tight end that was yeah, there out of, state of, out of the he's, state of he's Arizona going to go to Texas um they're still in the market for a couple of defensive linemen that's part of the reason why they continue to stay on Colton Vosick even though that's a pipe dream but uh I know they're still looking for a couple of big bodies on the defensive line They've got a pretty big class as it is, though, too. So, assuming they don't lose any dudes down the stretch, they shouldn't have too much more to add. By the way, uh, Travis Davidson will be joining us coming up next segment. He'll join me on the rush from 3 to 6 today. So, Travis will be live at Ash from 2.30 to 6 today. Uh, I love this question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Weird question. Hey, no, it's not. But... What do you think of the chances of an exodus happening from Texas a I, I don't know. If their players keep going 80 miles per hour in a parking garage, probably pretty quick. Jeez. What is that all about? If you're talking about an exodus in terms of decommitments, I don't think looking at their current class that many are going to jump out of the boat simply because they don't have all that many commits as it is. But if you're talking about transfer portal casualties... Yeah, I would look for a lot of Aggies to be in the portal at year's end. 
especially if they start off one a and five. A lot of Aggies. If they start off one and five, which is a realistic situation, things started to kind of start. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like after the whole Jimbo Nick Saban feud, that seemed things felt like they were going south for A and M, just because everyone was kind of on Nick Saban's side on that one. And losing at home to Appalachian State, that's not really something I think that this team is going to recover from, man. You know, there's some losses that you can recover from. I don't think a loss at home to Appalachian State, that's something that A&M is going to turn their season around and end up winning 10 games. That is a culture, it. It is a culture of dysfunction right now in College Station. I had a high school coach that I spoke to a few months back. I might have already mentioned this on the show at some point, but... A few months back, I spoke to a high school coach that I know quite well. He's got some connections on the Texas A&M staff. He was down there in College Station for three or four days, uh, observing, taking it all in, uh, hanging out with his buddies, and just getting the Texas A&M experience. And we were talking at one point, point. he told me, man, it is so bad. It is worse than people realize. These kids just do whatever they want, and nobody holds them responsible. You got kids talking back to their coaches. Uh, you got kids not showing up for workouts or practices or being late to things, and they don't face any repercussions. And you can't build a program that way. No, you can't. It's like we tried to tell you guys last summer, don't freak out about OU not going all in on NIL because there was no proof whatsoever that NIL is the right way to go in college football. And I think A&M is going to be, if they're not already, the shining example that you can use NIL to get highly rated recruiting classes, but, buddy, it damages the culture that's there. I mean, you it is really difficult, really, really difficult to have a winning culture there if you want to pay everybody thousands of dollars to come play for you. And I think that we're starting to see a real crack for Texas A&M. Losing to again, losing at home to Appalachian State. Maybe some teams could rebound from that and have a great year. A and M is not one of those squads. No, especially no, after they get beat by Miami at home this week. There's not a collective mental resolve in that locker room the way that there needs to be for a championship program. There's just not. Uh, text line Parker, you sure know how to get under the skin of some schools. First Notre Dame and now Nebraska. Keep it up, and you may need to play the mandolin for a living. Hey, I had Arkansas fans coming at me at one point. Last night, the, UC, the USC board crucified me because I came over and said, hey, Malachi Coleman is not coming this weekend. They were all buzzing about how, oh, we got this kid coming from Nebraska on an official visit. Oh, we're going to swing him. We got a, Somebody actually said, we got a better than expected chance here. And so I just had to drop in and be like, look, I know you guys don't like hearing bad news from me of all people, but – He's not going to be in Los Angeles. They probably thought, oh, he's from Nebraska. He'll just see the palm trees and beaches, and he'll want to commit immediately. And he's probably not even going to be in L.A. this week, so sorry about it. Hey, um, in case you missed it, OU and Georgia not going to be playing on Week 2 next year. I know that's a bummer, uh, but OU has scheduled SMU in place for Georgia next year. I guess we can call that the Savion Bird Bowl, OU-SMU in Week 2 at home. How about the Kamar Wheaton Bowl? The Kamar Wheaton Bowl. If he's even still at SMU next year, who knows, That's a big if. Who knows? Hey, it is nice, though, to play a team from the state of Texas that's actually won 10 games recently, isn't it? Because you're not getting that from the University of Texas. Uh, SMU won uh, 10 games in 2019. So at least you're getting a team here recently that's won eight games, had a pretty good record. Don't disrespect Baylor like that. 
Don't disrespect Baylor like that. Baylor is the only other team. The the three Baylor fans in the state of Oklahoma are shaking their fists right now. <laughs> the Savion Bird Bowl. Uh, and then you'll, you'll take a trip to SMU September 11th in 2027. So does that mean OU's going to the SEC? Well, some people are saying, well, not necessarily. They just uh, told Georgia to take that off their schedule because they won't be able to – OU won't be able to have the return trip to Athens because the Sooners will be in the SEC by then. I still think OU, this is their last year in the Big 12, but we'll, who knows? We'll see. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to Travis Davidson coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. McComas, Thune, and now Davidson joins us from the 918. Trav, what's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just here at uh, Ash Cigar Bar, where uh, they are strong supporters of KREF. And uh, I will be here uh, the second Wednesday of every month, I believe, going forward. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just having a blast up here, man. Would you be um, – I, I, mean, I haven't thrown this at you before – like, what are your thoughts, because you and I do the post-game show together, like, after big wins, maybe having a cigar from Ash? And would this win on Saturday, would that count as a big win that we would have a cigar during the post-game for? Well, you know, it, it doesn't take much to convince me to have a, uh, a victory cigar, uh, the, the, the smallest victories in life. Um, I think you could you could convince me of, but keep in mind I haven't uh, I haven't been here in a while, so I think I've got some cigars to catch up on. Do I need to bring uh, Do I need to bring a couple to Lincoln for us just in case? Yeah, I mean maybe uh, I, I I feel pretty good, Parker. The, hey, uh, the line is dropping, but I still feel good about well, it. Well, here's what needs to happen, Travis. You need to start a new tradition on Saturday. Uh, Travis Stogies need to be your recruiting predictions. So every time you feel confident that Oklahoma's going to land XYZ recruit, light up a Stogie. Hey, I'm still I'm still in on the uh, the four flip uh, prediction. I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get there, but I'm certainly going to try. But I, I do think uh, I do. I was thinking the other night uh, on the patio, at Yo Pablo, man, a, a cigar would have would have. Really done the trick there. I, I was feeling it was after the after the crazy LEDs, after that big time second half that we had. It was a cool night. It was perfect for a cigar. Hey, uh, last night's and this is the kind of changing atmosphere, the way the program's being run around here. But the media got to speak to Jaron Canick last night, which the opportunities to speak yeah. to true freshmen recently have been few and far between. I'm guessing you were right there in that interview with Jaron Canick. What what did uh, what, what the true freshman backer have to say, Well, not, not only that, but we got to talk to the one Nebraskan on the roster, Caden Helms. Wow. They gave us him as well. So OU Com Office really hooked us up for Nebraska Week. Appreciate them for giving, them, for giving us my man Caden because – it was fun to catch up with him, no doubt, and he's super excited to go home. But Jaron Kanick, man, it was it was intriguing to hear his take because he hadn't gotten to address the whole recruitment situation publicly, right? And it was a very, very prominent topic of conversation in late December, early January when it became apparent that he wanted to follow Brent Venables to Oklahoma, but there was all the red tape of getting out of his commitment to Clemson and Brent Venables essentially telling – the one thing that Jaron Canick said was Brent Venables had told him, hey, you are not coming to Oklahoma unless Dabo's okay with it. So you better make sure Dabo's okay with it, 
And if he is, then we'll work something out. But I do not want you decommitting from Clemson if Dabo is going to not be on board with it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Apparently Dabo was cool with it, and he followed Brent Venables to OU. But it was just fascinating that you guys got to talk to or have been able to talk to several true freshmen this year. And Jaron Canick, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, Parker? Because he didn't say anything that was bad or that ended up as a headline. He handled himself just fine. It ended up just being okay, right? Just like talking to someone else that's been on campus for three to four years, Jaron Canick was just fine to talk to. Well, and here's, here's the thing. My, my, my old boss, John Hoover, grizzled reporter that he is, he was working the angles with Caden Helms trying to get him – uh, to talk about his recruitment and how he managed to get out of Nebraska, whether the Huskers dropped the ball in pursuing him. And Caden kept it very, very low-key throughout the whole process. He was like, look, I mean, they were my second offer. They were big towards the beginning. But in the end, I just wanted to get out of state, not too far out of state, but I wanted to see something different. Yeah. And so, and look, I'll say what Caden wouldn't say. Nebraska under Scott Frost did a terrible job of recruiting in-state. And I mean a terrible job. We can go and we can go in as much detail as y'all want to on this, but I, I I just need to make that statement up front. The reason why you are seeing guys like Caden Helms, Devin Jackson, Deshaun Woods, Benny Nagoy, Cade McIntyre, and eventually Malachi Coleman get out of state is because Scott Frost did not do his job as Nebraska's head coach. You literally have no chance to win at Nebraska if you can't secure None. the few blue-chip players you have every single year in your own state. No you, have, you have zero chance to win. And, and on that, Travis, Mickey Joseph now, the interim head coach, Like, what do you think the record has to be at the end of the year for him to keep his job and they remove the interim tag? Is there a, is there a record that he could have, a realistic record, to be named the full-time head coach at the end of this year? Man, with the how starved they are for a for a good win, I think they might have a contract ready after his first win. Um, but I, I think it comes down to more of the relationships with the team. Apparently, he's got very good ones. Uh, how he kind of shores up what recruiting uh, targets they have left. Um, I, I think it has more to do with that than a specific win total. Um, you know, towards the end of Scott Frost's tenure, of course, it was, yeah, your record's bad, your record's bad. But, I mean, it, 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 that program was rotting. So it, was, it didn't just come down to, oh, you lost some close games. It was a mess. So I, I, I don't put a specific win total on it. And I, I did want to say, in, in, speaking to the, uh, in speaking to the freshmen, you know, the comms department, uh, again, doing, doing a great job of, making those freshmen available, obviously Brent making those freshmen available. I think part of the reason they feel so comfortable right now is because they've been under that, you know, Brent Venable, soul mission type um, type of umbrella for a while. Do you think uh, Do you think a true freshman at, I don't know, say somewhere like Texas A&M uh, would do very well in an interview right now? Uh, well, they're not doing very well behind the wheel in a parking garage, guys. Uh, after that Denver Harris video was released, he's going 80 miles per hour there. And somebody asked Parker, how does uh, A&M's freshman wide receiver Denver Harris Tokyo drifting through a parking garage affect OU's recruiting? And I don't know if it directly affects OU recruiting at all, but it might affect Texas A&M's roster potentially. <sighs> As if it couldn't already 
get any worse after losing to Appalachian State. By the way, I have a soundbite here that I would love to play if we can spare a minute sure, or so. Yeah. Because this about sums up yeah. the Scott Frost struggles at Nebraska. And this is from Michael Severe, who's a very well-respected media personality up in the Omaha area and has a ton of connections across the state, and particularly with regard to the Nebraska program. He's been covering the team for years and years. So this is what he said over the weekend about why Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska went over so poorly. That There's so much. If somebody really wants to write a book about this tenure, it would be, first of all, it would allow Trev to walk away and go, this is why. Because he can't talk about that stuff. Right. He can't talk about his head coach being late for practice every day. He can't talk about his head coach not making recruiting phone calls. He can't talk about And I can talk about it, you know, because it's over. But there's a whole bunch of stuff. There was a mess up there. It was an absolute – you had assistant coaches going to the athletic department and saying – the AD and going, hey, this is happening. Help us. That should not happen. You should not have to have your assistant coaches complaining about your head coach because he's not doing what he wants to – what's supposed to be doing. That's an issue. And so hopefully somebody writes all that down and puts it in a little book and sells it. Um, so that'll make, that way Trev can go. It wasn't about the losses. It was about everything. Right. This guy was not, for whatever reason, committed to doing what he was supposed to do as the head coach of Nebraska. I don't know why. I don't know why. But he hasn't been. And I'm talking, not just talking about this year after they forced him to make changes. I'm talking about the, every year he's been in here. Every year he's been here, it's been stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and if you want to go around, there's stories all over the all over Lincoln about things that he did or didn't do that he was supposed to. This is this is a lack of commitment on his part. He wanted to be the head coach. He wanted to make the money, but the commitment to everything else was not there. And that is a distinct problem. Fifteen million dollars will make you do some crazy things. A fifteen million dollar buyout will make you do some crazy things, Parker. Thing How about that? Like, imagine that. Imagine five years ago telling anybody that the epitaph for Scott Frost at Nebraska was going to sound remotely like that. No, no way. I, I, he felt like, to me, that he was always this straight-laced guy. Um, not all that entertaining, but he just kind of, I, I don't know, I guess a grinder in a lot of ways. Um, I, that, that does actually surprise me that he wasn't allegedly showing up to practice on time. Really? Maybe he saw the buyout a couple of years ago and said, yeah, I'm just not going to show up anymore. Then they'll have to fire me and pay me $15 million. Well, on, on the text line, somebody said Scott Frost was given an impossible task. The program was in decay what? before he got there. Really? Really? See if any Nebraska fan agrees with you on that because – the Mike Riley years were not great, yeah, but they did not bury no. this program. And, and that's and that's the point, Travis. Is you know you always want to leave the program better than what you found it. Scott Frost has left Nebraska after five years in a far worse spot than what he took over. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure about uh, the program in decay when he showed up. I mean, he was he was given every opportunity. He was the golden child, the prodigal son that was returning, uh, returning to bring Nebraska back to glory. And, yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when every other coach they've had, essentially, I mean, I think every other coach they've had has had a better record than him. I mean, you can't, you can't put together one winning season in five years in Nebraska. Mike Riley was doing that. Bo Pelini was doing a lot of it. Bo Pelini never had a season under nine wins. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I, I here's the thing. I'm I'm definitely uh I'm definitely gonna take a lap on 
on the people on the on the text line that kept saying Scott Frost is a really good coach. Uh, you know, he's going to prove a lot of people wrong, man. At UCF, man, look look at all the stuff he did there. Yeah, well, guy got fired and was needed to be so far away from the program that they cost themselves $7.5 million to do it. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We'll get to as many texts as we can for the final segment of Locked In. Keep it on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Final segments. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Travis Davidson with us for half the show, as he is every single Wednesday. He'll be joining me on the rush today from Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa until 6 p.m. Um, both of you guys can tell me this. In 48 hours, we are going to be in Omaha, Nebraska, doing the show at the session room. <laughs> yes, a- sir. Am I going to absolutely hate this drive to Omaha? I've never made this trip before. Really? Not once? No, not once. Okay. Uh, it depends. What makes a road trip enjoyable to you? Scenery, not you will, being you will hate it, and not being out in the in the middle of nowhere while I'm driving. Somewhere. Yes, you will hate it. Okay, that's what I. That's kind of what I figured. Well, so, as, as somebody that uh, has been with Parker on a ride up to Omaha, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how thoughtful he is. He knows that it's a boring drive, not a lot of scenery. So he went ahead and got pulled over uh, to provide just a little bit of excitement. For his passengers, um, what a guy, right? What a guy. But no, not not a not a bad drive. Just not a whole lot to look at, dude. No joke though. Watch out for the cops in Kansas. I've gotten pulled over like <laughs> five or six times in the state of Kansas, and I'm never in the state of Kansas for very long. I'm always just passing through it. Okay. In so, all my time living in Oklahoma, I've gotten pulled over once. So, like, seven miles uh, per hour over the speed limit, is that safe, or do I need to get it closer to, like, five over the speed limit? What's, I, what's a good bet for Kansas? Eh, five to eight. Five to eight. Not okay. much higher than eight. All right. Well, I, I will keep that in mind as I make the trek to Omaha early Friday morning. Are you leaving uh, as soon as the show is over, Parker? I am leaving as soon as the show is wow. over. Wow. Yes. How about that? Okay. He's going to be in Omaha tonight. By the way, you want the you want the twist of the week? Yes, please. This might be the last road trip for the Taurus. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. You're they, buying a, you're going to buy a car up there, maybe? They have an upgrade lined up. <sighs> Big Red wow. Auto Sales in Lincoln? You're going to hook you up? <laughs> I don't think there is a big red auto sales in Lincoln. At there least I'd be. Uh, Husker fans hope there isn't. Otherwise, Casey Thompson may be dismissed from the program within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but yes, I uh, I am strongly considering wow. upgrading vehicles. That'll be the biggest upset of the weekend. Not if Nebraska covers like the tin or wins outright. I feel like we could have teased that more. I feel like we could have teased that news more. We should have. You know, it's all about getting people to tune into the next segment. <laughs> Man. That, that would have that would have been great. You wouldn't have had anybody turning the dial. Um, text line says, I'm heading back from Omaha to Kansas City as we speak. The Flint Hills are cool between Casey and Wichita. Don't go over eight miles an hour. Hey, you, hey, listen, for everybody making this drive, don't drive through the Flint Hills. That's not an area you should drive through if you're doing this drive the right way. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to drive north on 35 to Wichita, at which point you're going to want to get on Highway 81 straight north up through Salina, hometown of Brent Venables, and that will take you to York, Nebraska, 
at which point you want to jump on I-80 East, and that'll get you to either Lincoln or Omaha, wherever you're headed. 620 area code, how does the Kansas Highway Patrol affect recruiting? Well, it could have a massive impact Maybe if that's the tourist why Kansas gets has ticketed. sucked for 15 years. <laughs> the tourist has to make it to the next championship parade. We did talk about that. I, I mean, you can upgrade, but you can't sell it because oh, it's no, going to have I, to be in the championship listen, parade. Listen, I'm not selling that thing. It'll, it'll live on somehow. It better. I haven't figured out how. Hey, by the way, did SMU troll OU today? With was, their uh, schedule announcement. I was told that was SMU's pony ears up. I was told that was their pony it up. It sure symbol. looks a lot like the fight on emoji that, that USC that, uses Again, all the time. if you're an OU fan, maybe it's due to all the fight on symbols that you've seen over the last nine months. But when you see the when you see that emoji, you don't think pony up. Yeah, I I did oh, I not need, think I need to see precedent. I need to see Preston. I need to see a tweet from him from like 2010 with that same thing. Does uh does Muleshoe's brother does he still coach at SMU? No, he's the OC at TCU now. Oh dang! Oh, he's the OC at TCU. Yeah, he came Woo! over with uh, Sonny Dykes. Okay, well there you go. Um, if you can't take it out on Muleshoe himself, well, blood relatives, you're in the direct line of fire. Unfortunately, October first, fifty thousand OU fans will show up at Amon G Carter Stadium this year. Just to boo Muleshoe's brother, who may be in a press box. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush, coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.